This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John Davis. JD! Hey, Bo. Good morning, man. Hey, good morning to you too, sir. How are you doing today? It feels kind of weird because it's it's morning. Oh, this this is this is back to our roots, though, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it it, it is it, it is. Some things you like to evolve away from, but um, <laughs> you know. But I mean, there's like a sense of progress for humanity, uh-huh. and you know, it, I, people get better over time, uh-huh. and all this kind of sure, stuff. And sure. so things move later into the day, and a more you know a more reasonable hour, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But um, you know, but occasionally for old times' sake, you like to go. Uh, visit these early morning hours and um, you know pretend like like you've got it together. Come uh, on, man, those were good times. You'd roll in there grumpy and groggy. I'd, I'd have coffee for you. Sometimes a pop tart at the ready. That was that was some yeah, good you, times. You, did. you had a pop tart. That, those were actually really good. I know, right? Um, yeah, I hadn't had a pop tart in years until <laughs> until those days. Uh, yeah, you would. Uh, you know, y'all were I think dairy free at the time, so you'd have coffee and maybe like some some uh, some coconut milk in my oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah for yeah. some creamer or something like that, yeah. and it was. Uh, yeah, I mean those were those were good days. I, you know, it's it's fond fond memories. Yeah, we're good a bunch of old timers mem- now. <laughs> memories <laughs> in the past. Fair enough. Yes. Okay, all right. All um, right. no, uh, let me, let me just make clear. I'm complaining that it's nine a.m. <laughs> right, right. Which, well, yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I am totally worthless. Like let, let's just be honest about it. I am, I am very much worthless. I'm complaining because it's nine. Um, and, uh, and, and so, yeah, we'll just go ahead and be real, real clear about how ridiculous I am, but. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, I wanted to kind of, kind of ask you a question here at the top of the show, speaking about yeah. reminiscing about the old days. Cause of course, you know, you and I, uh, we were ahead of the curb in terms of social distancing, uh, you know, in terms of our, yeah. our friendship, our relationship here, uh, yeah. with being in, in completely different States away. I know, I, I know, you know, we've, <laughs> we've done our part. We were, we're, you know, doing our, uh, our best to, to, you know, make sure that we're following guidelines and taking care of ourselves, our families and those around us. Um, that being said, man, you know, just reminisce about the old days. How, how would you like, uh, if maybe next week we, we recorded together in, in person? What? How would, are, would you, would you, uh, yeah. No way. Are you coming to Jackson? I'm coming to Jackson, man. Dude, that's great! Oh man, <laughs> fantastic, dude! That's awesome! Oh, dude, it, oh, man, I, that sounds uh, that sounds great. I had no idea. I know, awesome. I know. I thought what's I'd surprise bring, you what's on the show. You to town? Yeah, yeah. So awesome. we, uh, so a couple things. One is before all this started, we were we were planning on redoing our kitchen. Like since we bought the house, we were planning on redoing our kitchen, right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and so finally, you know, things kind of. Well, I mean, obviously the apocalypse started, but then like, you know, you get at some point during the apocalypse, you realize the apocalypse is going to be a slow burn until it's not. And since it's right, and since we're not at that stage yet, we might as well go ahead and get a new kitchen, uh, especially because yeah. we're spending so much time looking at it. Uh, yeah, but seriously. So, yeah. So we uh, we got everything kind of in order and um, got okay. things ready. And the, the, the trick is that it all coincides with two things. One, of course, is the uh, the kids doing the remote education thing so that's sure. uh, not not ideal to have especially when they do the demo and then the other thing too is there is a digital uh kind of training conference thing that i'm doing for for another another project um okay that i need to be on and so we thought you know what let's just let's just all go to jackson we'll go up there for a week leave the kids there for an additional week and then me and, and uh the wife yeah. will come back down and kind of help with 
the uh, you know the, con- the construction and the the kitchen coordinating and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, dude, that's great. Well, that'd be really good. And then you you know by the time you get uh get back, you'll have a a, a fresh newly updated kitchen. That'll be fun. Yeah, or it'll um, be in shambles. Yeah, but one way or the other, it's that, that's that's it'll thing. be a disaster. Yeah, we've, <laughs> we've been in the mindset with this is like you know once well, nice man. once we enter into the 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 after times, the new times, what, you know, right? Like, like whatever that is, at least we'll have a new kitchen. So you know, we'll <laughs> the afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. No, well, great, man. I look forward to seeing you. That sounds awesome. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll work out the logistics later. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm I'm excited, <laughs> dude. That that sounds great, uh, man. We'll, we'll, that's that's good news. Yes, sir. Um, man. Yeah. Um. Uh, do you have any other news to mention? Well, you know, we got some we got some show news to mention. But you, you what's up with you, man? You you share. Well, no, I was just gonna say a lot of folks uh, have been asking. Uh, you know, we because we did delay our um, mm. you know 50th anniversary mm. celebration, uh, and I had kind of, to be honest with you, we had um, not really uh, made an announcement of this, but I kind of tentatively and had let it leak a little bit that uh, March was kind of what we were circling on the calendar as a as an opportunity for that, and uh, you know just hoping to you know get something late, at, you know far enough out for folks to folks to, you know, really uh, kind of prepare for it and also give us time to, you know, get our ducks in a row and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, next year, just with the, uh, you referred to it kind of in your own, you know, uh, news, just with all the madness going on um, and and the uncertainty about, you know, cases coming back and, you know, what they're going to allow to do and uh, what are, even what our local government is allowing and things like that, we've actually decided to push it back even further. And so, um, so it looks like we're going to be doing something, um, you know, second or third quarter of next year. Um, you know, so it, it truly will be the most awesome 51st anniversary <laughs> party uh, ever, uh, which will be uh, which will be good. But you know, and that that's that's probably best because it's going to be hard. You know, since Nina's delivering our second child in yeah. March, wait, wait, um, wait, wait, to, wait, wait. to be able to do that wait, and and have have kind of all that together. You know. Wait what? So, Wait what? Wait what? Wait um, what? <laughs> we're pregnant. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, are you serious? You thought you were gonna surprise Come on, me. Man. Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you, man. We just found out, dude. Wow, man. All yeah, right, we we're, are gonna tear it up in Jackson next I, week. Come I on, know, man. right, man? Yeah, right. let's yes, let's sir. let's bring out the bring out the good whiskey. <laughs> oh man, this this is like the show of surprises right here. Man, I know, right? Great. Yeah, we're uh, just wait. We're gonna bring out panda bears and balloons. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> Yeah, just be careful on, uh, don't use any explosions on your gender reveal. I don't know if you saw Right. <laughs> man. <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, man, we're, we're fired up, dude. We really are. Uh, yeah, I wanted to... Uh, you know, we're uh, have been only telling close friends, and I was like, I've been wanting to tell you, but I was like, I'm a no, I'm a I'm a tell Bo on air. This will be fun. oh so, man. Uh, so man, <laughs> a lot of our a lot of our other friends know, but I, I've been saving this for a special occasion. So, I appreciate uh, that. Anyway, when this goes out in a couple of days, then uh, then the rest of the world will find out too, which will be kind of neat. So, uh, sharing it with you and with our Country Squire Radio uh, family, and uh, yeah, excited man. Do our, our due date is actually March 23rd. Um, which happens to be our anniversary, so that's kind of uh, funny. But um, yeah, anyway, dude, uh, snuck another one past the goalie, baby. There you go. Ow! Wow, wow, man. Well, congratulations, brother. That's that's yeah, exciting. Thanks, news. man. Mama's healthy, and so far, baby's uh, been healthy. Good heartbeat and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, man, rock and roll. That's you know what? Like that's we need that kind of joy, man. That's that's uh, that, I know that's uh, a fun, well, exciting. Well, hence all the, yeah. 
hence all the emphasis on like finding a new house that's got a little extra space, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, it makes <laughs> like, it makes some sense, right? Now, now it kind of you know it adds up a little bit. People are like, man, why are you so eager to move? And it's not like you're in any rush or anything. And I'm like, well. We're kind of in a rush. Uh, there might be a clock. There might be a clock that we're counting down there might, to. It might be a, a nine-month clock. Yeah. So. Well, awesome, man. But yeah, no, I hear you yeah, on the dude. event too. That's um, you know, I, 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 you know, one of the one of the the shows that I produce for for a client is a um, charity organization that that deals in like fundraising and that sort of thing. And I was listening. I was doing a QA for one of their shows yesterday, and I was listening yeah. to it. And uh, they were talking about uh, events and how you schedule events, that sort of thing, especially kind of in the uh, the current era, and ju- just going yeah. like purely digital and everything. And um, one of the, something that somebody mentioned was kind of doing hybrid events, like having kind of like half digital, half in person, that sort of thing. And and you know, some people have done it really well, and some people it's been a little hit or miss, you know. But it makes sense, man, for the squire. Every everything about the shop, uh, show notwithstanding, has been such a such a like tangible what's what's the right word like a physical type of uh tactile experience tactile, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah in in person right yeah <laughs> yeah i you know it's it's tough to uh figure out the right balance for that kind of thing so you know um it, we're just obviously next year with uh, our reality is going to be like drinking from a fire hose much like uh this year has been but just you know in a different way so we'll we'll see it's funny you know just to digress a little bit uh we'll get to our subject here shortly but my uncle is a is a therapist he does counseling and was telling us the other day that what he does he actually uh he does these group therapy sessions and they you know they spread out in these big groups and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff so they've got a huge room where they can social distance and but still be facing each other to do group therapy and stuff but but some people are still skittish about that or maybe they live out of town or something and so they're they want to participate but aren't aren't you know showing up in person and so what he started doing is actually um facetiming them in and setting them oh up on like so 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 they <laughs> So they each like he'll put the chair where that person right, would sit right. and then put the laptop on the chair and and then and then when that person talks they're they're talking just like anybody else and then if someone addresses them he'll swivel the chair in that person's direction so they can like communicate. So it's just like this you know, welcome to the future. <laughs> no, I, look, man, I remember at CES it's so even a couple of years ago, like that, and you've seen these things like the iPads on wheels for like remote yeah. workers, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who? Uh-huh. <laughs> how have those not made a massive comeback in the last couple of months? Yeah, no, I, seriously. Yeah, no, good, good point, man. All right, we, we um, got, yeah, it's just, yeah. you know. Brave New World, but anyway. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, we got, we got a show we got to, we got to dive into here. Yep. But of course, yep, yep. we would not be able to have this show without the amazing uh, patrons, the, the folks supporting the show through the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club. Uh, shout out to two new Squire members. Uh, top of the list, man, we got Carl Henrichsen. Hen- Heinrichsen. Hein- Heinrichsen. Heinrichsen. Man, Carl, dude, thanks for, uh, thanks for hopping in. Carl is actually one of our... Uh, local friends here in the central Mississippi area and uh, a lot of folks that uh, listen to the show don't know we actually have a uh, here at the Squire we have a members lounge that's open uh, 24-7 you can join it and when you join it you get a locker and discounts and all this kind of stuff but you also get 24-7 access to the back part of our shop which is kind of cool so uh, Carl actually is our newest member of uh, the Squire level at, at for the Country Squire Radio 
uh, Pipe Club, but he's also uh, our newest member of our of our private lounge. All so right. that's kind of fun. All right. Yeah. Shout out to Carl. Uh, we also have uh, joining at the Squire level as well, Joe Martini. I mean, <laughs> Joe Marty. <laughs> Joe Marty, man. Yeah, dude. Man, Joe, of course, has been with us a long time. Yes. We're so, um, so grateful for you, brother. Thank you for... Uh, man, hopping in and and of course you know you've been with us a while, but uh, bumping it up a little bit, man. We're so so grateful. Absolutely, man. And uh, hey, if you want to learn more about how you too can support the show, head over to Patreon.com/slash/CountrySquireRadio. Uh, by the way, you, know, you get access to the, uh, the the club member lounge on the the Facebook group, and uh, yeah. man, with that massive shade being thrown, as as uh, people are reminded, like, hey, what what about what about some of the hangouts? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, what about those? We we, we need to do that. <laughs> so that that's coming. I you know what I Shop think top. I think we should do that when we're in Jackson together, man. I think that's I think there might idea. be something to that. It might be a yeah, very last minute, idea. so just stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, no, no, right. <laughs> All right, I am so excited about this week's episode, man. We are going full on Country Squire Radio Mythbusters edition. <laughs> this is a fun concept. Yeah. Yes, pipe myths. That's right. So this is this is gonna be good. We've got. Three different pipe myths. And, I, you know, before we even dive into these, I have a feeling, uh, and, you know, actually, I should probably, you know, even take a step back and say, you know, Mythbusters, what that implies is that we are going to take a look at some myths that may exist in the pipe community, uh, pipe and tobacco world. And uh, John David, as our resident Mythbuster, is going to uh, either kind of confirm or deny those those myths and kind of... Uh, yeah, true. True or false, right? Exactly. Kind of, kind of spread, you know, sprinkle some truth on it, and uh, and let us know what what what's really going on here. So <laughs> this this is going to be really really exciting, and I have a feeling that this is going to end up being like you know we kind of conceive this as a fun episode, but I have a feeling it's going to end up becoming a series because I believe the pipe <laughs> myths are going to be coming in. So we'll see what ends up happening. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I'd be interested to see what other uh, you know statements of uh, lie or or uh, fact that uh, you know our folks would submit to, uh, to see what um you know what's up so yeah all right fact or fiction myth or true corn yes. cob pipes don't last very long well all right let, let's just let's just be very transparent as a as a show sponsored by Missouri Mearsham. <laughs> oh <laughs> like we do have a dog in the hunt right this is very true this is very true <laughs> we do have a dog in the hunt so just to just to be very uh very transparent but um so corn cob pipes don't last very long a lot of folks when they come into the pipe smoking world um you know they'll have this conception well you know if i buy a corn cob pipe um you know it's something that uh, they kind of treat as uh, as disposable, and so people tend to look at them as you know something that you know is just eventually, uh, regardless, going to burn out. And that is that statement is generally false. Uh, generally false. Mm. So a a corn cob pipe, you know, it, we we have this basic uh, thought about them because they're disposable ish. You know, a lot of folks, uh, you know it. They they treat them like they're disposable, and so they wind up being disposable, right? <laughs> uh, you know, anything that you kind of uh – you get for a very inexpensive price, um, you tend to, you know, wear out a little quicker, put put a lot of miles on, treat as something that you can replace quite easily. Um, and so that's why a lot of times corn cow pipes will fail uh, prematurely. And that's that's okay. Some people buy them because they like that uh, ability to, um, you know, take the, take the pipe, um, you know, tr- not have to worry about care and upkeep and all that stuff. And that's why we talk about, you know, if you drop your Missouri Meerschaum in the, in the lake, or something while you're fishing it's just not that big of a deal or you know whatever um 
And so that's, you know, that that's that sense of kind of uh, temporariness, I guess, that we have about corncob pipes that, um, you know, that they don't last because, well, we, we take them into environments where they don't have to <laughs> and we don't really expect them to because, um, you know, they're so inexpensive. But um, generally it's not the case uh, and they can last much longer than thought. Um you know, again, uh, just anytime you treat a uh, more inexpensive item like like a more inexpensive item, um, you know, that's going to happen. So what, what folks do is they'll smoke the pipe um, too much. They'll smoke a corncob pipe too, uh, too quickly, too often. Uh, you know, they won't rotate their pipes. It's good to have, uh, this is not just a tobacconist uh, <laughs> fable, you know, maybe it would be another good Mythbusters question, but it's, it's a really good idea to have, uh, you know, kind of a, a multitude of pipes to rotate through. Um, and so they'll, they'll wear out their corncob pipe by using it too often. Uh, another thing folks really do a lot is they leave it outside a lot or leave it in their car. Uh, this is very um, uh, common for corncob pipes because people are like, well, they're they're so inexpensive, I can kind of leave them around, and that way, uh, wherever I am, I'll, I'll have them. It's kind of like my parents treat their reading glasses, you know? It's like, well, I'm going to go buy, like, you know, $35 reading glasses and just leave them in different places. That way, if I, <laughs> if I, <laughs> if I ever find myself needing one, I'll probably in, be in close proximity to it. So, um, when you leave any pipe outside, including a corncob pipe, the uh, the difference in change, the, the changes in things like temperature and humidity can make a really big difference in the um, you know the longevity of that pipe. Not just with the connections of the you know of the the mortar, the stem and the uh, and the uh, you know the mortise and the shank and all that stuff that can get loose and, and things of that nature, but it actually can damage the um, you know the cob itself. Uh, and the cob's ability to, you know, wick moisture away and, um, you know, all that type of stuff. So, so just something to um, keep in mind there. Um, and then also, folks don't clean corn cob pipes, you know, like they do briar pipes. They don't spend as much time, uh, you know, kind of caring for them. And so, um, you know... It, 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 it's one of those things like, you know, you, you got to, if you're going to take care, if you expect something to last, you know, a long time, then you're going to, you know, clean it and, and regularly take care of it. Um, and so, you know, one thing corncob pipes will do if you smoke them a lot, obviously that's an issue in itself, but also they will build a lot of cake. And if you're not taking some of that cake out of the cob, it will actually bust or rip open the cob. I mean, imagine that you've got a, uh, a cake that continues to build, continues to build, continues to build, and it's in this kind of very fragile, um, you know, vegetable <laughs> mm. that, um, you know, is, is sensitive to pressure and heat and all this kind of stuff. And so as you continue to build this cake and you're, uh, you know, tamping, putting more and more tobacco in there, tamping it down, applying heat, all this kind of stuff, um, you know, it can actually make the cob burst and, and um, you know, pop open or, or crack severely. And so, um, you know, so those are some things just if you would clean it similarly to a, a briar pipe, uh, you know, if you rotate your pipe more often, take it inside and that kind of thing. Don't don't overwork your pipe. Don't build too much cake. Don't leave it in the car. Uh, you know, these are just proper care things that would, you know, you would do with any more, uh, you know, expensive pipe, perhaps. Um, and if you do them, they will greatly exceed the, the life, you know, they'll greatly extend the life um, of your corncob pipe. Um, so yeah, cobs don't last very long. That's generally false. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because obviously you mentioned at the top of that one that we have a dog in the fight, but we also, for that same reason, have a lot more experience <laughs> with a lot of corn cob right. pipes. And I mean, right. I've got I've got some pipes that have burnt out, but none of them have been my corn cob pipes. They uh, 
Uh, typically, when, when when my corn cob pipes don't last long, it's because I gave them away. Like you know what I yeah. mean. Like I keep a good <laughs> right. good amount on hand so that when we have uh, new, yep. new folks coming over that want to try a pipe, I I'll gift them a, a corn cob pipe. So there you go. Well, and and also we do want to be clear. Like you know, people, you know, part of the beauty of corn cob pipes, and you know, the reason that we love them so much is that folks folks can treat them as a temporary pipe. You know, you're not you're not as worried about it. That's why folks like to, you know, work in the yard with their cob or, um, you know, again, go fishing or, you know, if you're um, changing the oil in your car or whatever it is, you know, uh, you know, doing those physical activities outside. Um, you know, if you're, uh, you need to leave a car in your, uh, or pipe in your car, uh, in order, you know, just to make sure you've got one that you're not going to, uh, forget if you're out and about and really want to smoke your pipe or something. That's the beauty of corn cob pipes is you can do that kind of thing. And so, um, you know, because you're spending five, you know, six, eight bucks on a pipe, uh, that you have the ability to do that. But, um, you know, but that also is contributing to the reason of why they're not lasting as long. And so just keep that in mind. You know, if you're, if you, you know, smoke your pipe, you know, five or, or ten times and then all of a sudden it bursts open or, uh, you know, it doesn't fit anymore or the shank falls out or something like that. Well, you know, it, there's a good chance that that probably has something to do with how you treated it, which is in some ways how it was designed to be treated. But, um, but if you care for it like you do some of your more prized, uh, you know, higher end pipes, then, um, then they can last a long time. All right. This next one, I feel like I have a, I, I have a feeling I know where it's going to go just based off of my experience with coffee, but I'm not 100% sure. So, so here you go. Yeah. Ready? All right, man. All black tobaccos are strong. All black tobaccos are strong. The darker they are, the, the, the pack, they pack a harder punch or something of that nature, right? Yep. And the answer to that is... False. <laughs> okay, wait. Before before you dive into this, because I well, you yeah know, maybe I should let you answer because I've got I've got two questions that go around this one. But but you know what? Let me just ask you this because I noticed in this this particular myth we're talking tobaccos. But is this true of specifically yeah. pipe tobacco, or does this go with like cigar leaf as well? Yeah. It, it, so actually, a great question and something I I didn't really uh, think about in preparation for this. Uh, this episode, but um, yeah, it, it's true for both. Interesting, it, it, okay. it's true for both. Huh. Yeah. So, anytime you see a darker leaf, uh, you know, it, well, let's let's back up first um, and just kind of preface or you know uh, give some context to the question. Longtime pipe smokers, if you hear the question, are all black tobacco strong? Longtime pipe smokers, you're going to know this. This is a softball question that uh, folks that you know have been in the pipe world. Um, you know, are kind of aware. You know that there are dark tobaccos that, you know, have different, uh, you know, flavor profiles and nicotine contents and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's a big misconception, though, with newer smokers, with uh, folks that uh, are either new to the pipe world or uh, folks that haven't really branched out that much, you know, haven't branched out a lot in, um, you know, in the pipe uh, smoking experience. Maybe they've just kind of stuck on the same tobaccos for years and years or something like that. Um, and so they just don't, you know, have a lot of experience, you know, trying different things, and which is understandable. And uh, a lot of folks are, are that way. I, I get in the same rut of, you know, when I go to a certain restaurant, I order the same thing every time sometimes. So, um, you know, tobacco, uh, a lot of these folks, they'll come in the shop and they'll say, ooh, that tobacco must be really, really strong. Uh, because it's so dark, and um, and and that's not certainly not always the uh, the case. Tobacco that is darker in color, Bo, uh, it generally does denotes that the tobacco has been 
um, processed in some uh, further way. So you, you think about okay, think about tobacco on the on the plant, right out in the field. This beautiful uh, green sappy leaf. It's got this real vibrant color. You know, um, think about the you know just the the beauty of that plant after it's harvested. Uh, we start to kind of go through the yellows and ambers and 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 come down to these uh, kind of uh, delicate brown colors that uh, you know we think of more along the lines of tobacco. Um, and then, and then, you know, furthering that to process the tobacco to get it uh, into its smokable, more desirable state, um, you know, things things occur to the we do things to tobacco to make it uh, take on these different characteristics, right? We want the tobacco to be milder or smoother, uh, you know, maybe more naturally sweet, creamier, uh, not take away some of the um, you know pungency that comes from the natural leaf itself, and so that's where the processes come from. Uh, you know, that, that develop these darker tobaccos. And, and you've heard words, right, like Cavendish, Latakia, Perique, uh, Dark Fire Kentucky, uh, Stoved Virginia. You know, uh, th- these are all tobaccos that, uh, you know, look different in the, in the jar, in the tin, uh, than they would uh, right after you harvest them, harvested them or, or even right after you, uh, you know, let them dry out and aged them uh, because of how they're processed. And they're processed for these specific reasons to give them different uh, different characteristics. So Cavendish, uh, you know, it is a jet black tobacco, black, black Cavendishes. There's other types of Cavendish, but we think of black Cavendish, um, in this, in this, uh, you know, kind of, uh, context. Uh, it's a jet black tobacco and, and newer pipe smokers, they'll see that and they get really wary, uh, when I recommend that. I'll pull the jar down off the shelf of, uh, Black Arrow is our, our house black Cavendish that we, uh, use here. And it's, it's funny when I pull down Black Arrow, the new pipe smoker, uh, you know, they think, what is he doing? That looks awful. <laughs> it looks like uh, tar or, you know, a road, you know, mm. something you, you know, pull off the, you know, roofing material or something like that. Right. And a lot of folks, when they see that dark, uh, you know, greasy looking tobacco, they think, oh, that must be awful. Why would he uh, select that one? And I, I've had, you know, new pipe smokers literally pass over that jar because of that. Um, because of that uh, that reason, but Cavendish actually, even though it's the uh, you know the one of the darkest tobaccos on our shelf, it's uh, it's also the mildest. It's our mildest tobacco that we have uh, on the shelf. It goes great by itself, and also uh, is an excellent blending tobacco because of how mild it is. These are um, you know steamed uh, leaves where a lot of the nicotine is pulled out of the Virginias and Burleys that are there, and um, and so they have this real soft kind of um, you know. Uh, very airy uh, qualities to them. They have this uh, wispy kind of uh, smoking characteristic, which is uh, a lot of fun. You know, you can get unflavored black Cavendish, which we uh, use and sell. Um, and then also there's uh, lots of Cavendish, as you know, is flavored with uh, things like vanilla, cherry, uh, caramel, you know, whatever, uh, you know, flavor you'd like to impart to it. Um, and so these are not the most, you know, strong tobaccos. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, you have tobaccos like Latakia and Perique. Um, this is where, you know, specific breeds of Oriental or 
uh, burley have been, you know, either uh, roasted over an open, you know, flame type of thing, or, um, you know, periqued and that they're, you know, they're being fermented in these whiskey barrels. So, again, the leaf did not look like that when it came from the field, um, or, or even, you know, was, was dried out. But after the processing, you know, of the, uh, you know, going over the fire, going through the uh, periking process or whatever, um, you know, these tobaccos are going to become uh, very strong in flavor. And so, again, a jet black tobacco, um, but unlike uh, black Cavendish, very, very robust, very, very strong. And so, um, so you know, you, you kind of have some on both ends of the spectrum. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, stoved Virginias, uh, Virginias that have essentially been uh, griddled, um, you know, to bring out or kind of caramelize the, the natural sugar uh, there in that, that particular leaf. You know, these are uh, tobaccos that uh, tend to have kind of a mild uh, flavor to them, kind of a creamy, um, you know, ca- caramelly, uh, you know, just a little hints of, uh, you know, sweet uh, cream, maybe some nougat, you know, in there. Uh, it's kind of interesting to, to think about that. But again, a, a fairly mild tobacco that uh, certainly when you compare it to the taste of a Latakia or Perique, just so something to keep in mind. The, the blackness of the tobacco, a lot of times folks equate that with strength. And really it's more, it should be equated more with the processing, with extra processing of the leaf uh, itself to get it into whatever the final product is. And, and that can be very mild or, uh, or very robust. So generally false. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, like I said, like it, for, for me, kind of the, the quote unquote tell in this is my experience with coffee. Cause a lot of times, you know, I remember growing up thinking that dark roast meant that it was going to pack more of a punch yeah. and that was always not the case. <laughs> like dark roast yeah. is actually much, uh, lower in, in the caffeine and, um, typically better for uh, kind of a dessert pairing in my experience. So yeah, yeah. I, I tend to agree with that. You know, you'll see a lot of these breakfast blends. Look, I'm not a coffee nerd. I, my wife is. She roasts. She literally roasts coffee for a living. Um, you know, which we we love, and it, it's really neat to pair that with what I do for a living. But I'll tell you what, you walk into that house, and if it wasn't for the smell of diapers, it'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The aroma would hit you. Yeah, it's uh, just wait till number two comes along. Yeah, no, <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. Oh wow. Um. Yeah. You know, it, it. That's typically why you see, uh, you know, these breakfast blends being a very mild, uh, light roast. It's something that's gonna have, uh, kind of a, a nice, um, you know, lightly textured, uh, you know, flavor to it, but. Uh, but it's going to have more caffeine. It's designed to kind of brighten you up a little bit, you know. So, um, yeah, that's that's the that's the idea. All right, man. We got our third and final myth to bust this uh, this episode. Here we go. Meerschaum pipes will never ghost. This is a great question. Meerschaum pipes will never ghost, and the answer is true. What? Kind of. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Don't you love all these, like, uh, you know, um, kind of qualified answers that I, yeah, that I give? Throwing us it for gives, all kinds of loops, man. Well, it gives me an easy out, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that way when... <laughs> That way, when someone when someone like Brian Levine wants to call me on the carpet, you know, for this kind of stuff, then I can kind of I can kind of on the backside fudge a little bit. Qualified the Brian Levine defense. That's great. All right, all right. So so true, yeah. but kind of. So true, it, but kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Meerschaum pipes will never ghost. Um, 
So, Meerschaum pipes, uh, you're familiar with them if you've been in the pipe world a lot. Of course, these beautiful uh, white pipes that we see carved in a variety of faces and, uh, and, and, and shapes. A lot of times they'll have a lattice work, and they're very fragile. They'll come in these leather cases that are custom-made for the uh, pipe to, to cradle it and keep it secure. Meerschaum is a sea sediment that's found uh, uniquely in Turkey. I don't know why it's only found in Turkey, but for whatever reason, the little uh, crustaceans that uh, that that live over there that create this stuff uh, a- after they die, um, their you know bone material and, and all that. It, it falls to the bottom of the sea and creates this spongy, uh, you know, foamy material uh, that we know as meerschaum. It's a um, meerschaum, I, I believe, is a German word or German context for sea foam. There's some kind of relation between uh, the word meerschaum and sea foam in German. I can't remember. Uh, I'm probably butchering that. I need we need you know, Dirk or one of our uh, uh, German listeners to, to correct me on that. Anyway, this uh, seafoam, uh, again, a very uh, porous, light substance. It's something that, uh, you know, over time, as the stuff gathers on the bottom of the ocean, uh, the chemical makeup of it makes it, uh, it very light, and, and you'll see it actually kind of uh, float to the top of the ocean, and, and these hard, foamy, uh, light but hard, uh, you know, foamy things will kind of start floating on the top of the ocean. You see this around the that portion of the Mediterranean over there by the, uh, you know, Black Sea. The and, Aegean and Sea. Maybe it is the Aegean, yeah. It's, it's up there, though, by, you know, where the Strait of, uh, you know, Istanbul and all that area is. So, um, but in the Black Sea, it is common to see this, you know, sea foam floating on the, uh, the, the top of the water. And, you know, it's a very light, porous material. So it's soft, and, and because of its chemical makeup, it doesn't take on a lot of residual flavor. Okay, so this is a material that uh, it, it, it naturally does not take on, you know, the residual flavor. That's why, you know, when folks want to smoke a uh, tobacco and get the real flavor of the tobacco, and, it, and I do this as a blender and as a, you know, tobacconist, someone that wants to try new things and experiment with new uh, new products and, and blends, um, I use a Meerschaum a lot as I'm trying different tobaccos. Um you know, the Meerschaum does not uh, get that flavor imparted as easily uh, into it. The oils, uh, you know, leave and, and uh, wick away easier, and it just it just doesn't take on the flavor as much of, of residual, uh, you know, tobaccos. Uh, it's really good. They're really good for aromatics because aromatics tend to leave, uh, you know, kind of a film or, a um, you know, a little bit of a, um, you know, maybe some, some oil or some casing or topping, uh, you know, that kind of gunkiness that can get, uh, that can dottle up inside the, uh, the bowl. Meerschaums can be good for that because after you clean all that out, you, um, you don't have a lot of crossover in flavor and that kind of thing. Okay, so I've said why Meerschaum doesn't, you know, ghost or uh, bring some of the uh, residual flavors over. You can get in trouble, though, and, and I want to I caution people with Meerschaums in this nature um, or in this, this kind of regard. Um, you know, Meerschaums, you're not supposed to build cake in your meerschaum. That's a big no-no. And, and and so a lot of one of the big reasons meerschaums don't ghost is that you're not building cake in a meerschaum. Now, okay, let's think about why what is cake? Well, cake of course is, you know, when you're smoking your pipe, you're building this kind of layer of uh, carbon on the on the inside of the bowl that's uh, you know, building up over time. We talk about that cast iron skillet effect of seasoning your pipe and making it smoke uh, cooler and sweeter. Uh, when we're talking about that, we're talking about the context of a briar 
pipe, uh, a, a pipe that, um, you know, is a, a, a briar wooden pipe. The root of the heath tree is what we're um, thinking about. That cake that you're building up in the pipe is, it serves a lot of functions. It's, uh, you know, in some ways it's filtering the pipe. It's uh, cooling the pipe down. It's it's protecting the wood primarily. That's a, that's a really big deal. Uh, it's building that kind of residual flavor of your favorite tobaccos. And so it, 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 it you know, f- performs a lot of functions. In meerschaums, you you don't want to build cake. The beauty of the meerschaum is that it doesn't need that protection uh, from the heat. Now, having said that, you can overwork a meerschaum, and you shouldn't uh, overwork a meerschaum. You should you should rotate it like any other pipe. But um, the 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 meerschaums do not need cake uh, in order to perform, uh, you know, as intended. And so, essentially, that foamy, porous substance, it for whatever reason, just does not need that extra layer of protection there. And so that's where you get the, uh, you know, the not ghosting with uh, meerschaum pipes. You get that uh, because you're not building cake typically in your meerschaum. Now, the meerschaum itself also doesn't, you know, take on the flavor of the tobacco as, as easily. Briar does. You know, briar, we're talking about a wood that has deep, uh, intricate grain patterns. And so that's going to absorb a lot of those uh, those oils and tars and and. and um, you know, liquids that are going to uh, carry on that, you know, that over. But also, you know, a lot of the residual flavor is coming from the cake itself. So the only way to maintain a clean-tasting meerschaum as it's intended to be smoked uh, is to thoroughly clean it after every single smoke. And, you know, again, I, I feel like the dentist that gets on to the guy for not flossing his teeth kind of thing. <laughs> but, you know, after every smoke, you really need to clean your meerschaum thoroughly. And um, what I do, I, I take it apart, uh, you know, scrub the um, inside of the shank, uh, the stem. The, the main thing, though, that you want to do, we always talk about this. It's always kind of funny how I try to, you know, visualize it over the airwaves. But again, you're, you want to turn that pipe cleaner into a, a U-shape, into the bowl, shove it down there, and, uh, and just swab that bowl out really, really good. And, um, and what I do, too, when I'm done with my meerschaum is I'll actually take my finger in there and, and get it uh, all around the bowl to make sure there's no debris whatsoever uh, left in the pipe after you smoke it. Um, very important. Get all the debris out after you smoke your meerschaum. And, um, you know, that extra uh, little bit of maintenance there is going to uh, allow your meerschaum to, you know, perform at peak performance. It'll, it'll you know, let your meerschaum uh, work as it's intended to be uh, worked. And uh, it's a very important part of, you know, allowing your meerschaum to not ghost. And so, uh, so meerschaum pipes will never ghost, uh, kind of, if, uh, you know, as long as you clean them properly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Yep. With with all caveats uh, associated and, and all asterisks applied. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, good stuff. Well, you know, it's interesting, right? This uh, we've 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 got some great myths that we have uh, either confirmed or denied, or at least you have confirmed or denied for us. But I do I do think that this might be a series with legs. So I'm kind of curious. What myths do you want busted or otherwise? What other uh, explored explored? Perhaps, yeah. What what other things have you heard around the forums or at your local pipe shop that you feel uh, need need the light of truth shine, shine shown on them? Uh, <laughs> send those in because I think that <laughs> this could be a really fun series. You know, it's interesting because you know obviously we mentioned corn cob pipes at the uh, involved in the first. Uh, first topic, and then we have uh, Meerschaum mentioned in the second topic. And you know, some folks might be confused if they hear Missouri Meerschaum. 
they might think that that's a, a uh, you know, a company that specializes in Meerschaum pipes. When in fact, you know, pipe smokers know them as kind of the, uh, the, the top shelf, the, the, uh, the quintessential corncob pipe manufacturer here in America. But here's my question, uh, because I think we've actually talked about this before. Isn't one of the reasons why uh, Meerschaum was associated with the name and chosen for the name is because of the positive attributes and, you know, quote unquote myths or in fact truths associated with the term Meerschaum? Is that is that not correct? Well, the, the, it's part of it, but I think that part has come kind of post, uh, once people figured out the benefits of the cob itself. Ah. The reason Missouri Meerschaum got its name, is my understanding is right, is the plaster that they were actually applying to the outside of the pipe itself uh, made the pipe, made the, the cob uh, traditionally have kind of a white color to it, kind of a white uh, sheen. That plaster was uh, just, uh, you know, how it was applied to protect the wood on the outside, or the uh, the cob on the outside uh, gave the pipe that ability to, um, you know, it, it be protected, but also, um, you know, it just gave it this this white look. And so, folks, you know, they associated that with Meerschaum pipes, and they were like, "Ah, well, it's it's not a Meerschaum; it's a it's a Missouri Meerschaum." Well, how about <laughs> this? It looks like we just busted a fourth myth right then and there. It's unintentionally, yeah. <laughs> but of course, That's right, man. Don't take our word for it. Check out a great quality uh, Missouri Meerschaum pipe uh, this week, man. We've got uh, we've got some great pipes in our own personal collection. You know, when we talk about corncob pipes, uh, taking care of them and making sure that you're enjoying and getting the most out of them. But also, you know, because of the great price point, you know, you are able to have quite a few of them uh, at uh, at reach at any given time. So I'm a big fan of my Missouri Meerschaum pipes. Uh, you know, I've, I've been thinking very specifically about the aftertimes as we kind of build towards them and just how many people I cannot wait to head over to the house and bust out like a jar of Missouri Meerschaum pipes and, and just really <laughs> <enjoy> aftertimes. <it. laughs> I can't, I can't, that sounds like a, something from a Disney movie or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The, the, ah, land the after aftertimes <laughs> with my Missouri Meerschaum. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait to have my Missouri Meerschaum during the aftertimes either, Bo. So <laughs> absolutely bad. Well, Hey, if you've got your pipe, be sure uh, your Missouri Meerschaum pipe, be sure to smoke it this week. Uh, take a, self, a selfie as you do so. We'd love to retweet those out to let the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum know we appreciate them for sponsoring this show. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Quick, quick fire, fire with, with the squire. squire. All right, quick fire questions. Ow! All right, man, quick fire questions, luxury edition. Luxury. We edition. are the wrong people for this one. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, I, I'm looking at myself. I'm wearing a ratty t-shirt and flip flops, and you know, sitting at my messy desk uh, at in one of the worst parts of town. I don't know if I'm qualified to uh, <laughs> to answer this. Yeah, I mean, well, when you say that, I guess I'm wearing like this nice linen shirt that I got from Santorini when I was. Uh, <laughs> vacationing in a villa with masterpiece. So yeah, now that's uh, it's like that. It's <laughs> like that time we went to New Orleans and and you got Pinot Grigio. Yeah, I hey, hey, no, no, come on, I can never but, live that down. You never will. Oh you never will. Go, so so Pinky's out. Uh, and, and let's let's go ahead. <laughs> All right, luxury watch or luxury fountain pen? Fountain pen. See, nine, there you go. Nine times out of ten, I'm a fountain pen user. Um, I'm I'm also a watch user. I, I do I do have a watch and use a watch, but uh, but I um man I'm a fountain pen guy. Uh huh. Who's pinkies out on this one? Uh, I know. I would, Mine. <laughs> I would probably say you know I love I love the idea of a of a watch. I've I've had like smart watches in the last couple of years, and then they die on me, and I never really replace them. And um, but I, I you know the convenience of a watch. I'm there. It's less about and you know I I do get the idea of like you know you put on that nice watch, a little bit of status symbol and whatnot. But um, yeah, so between the two, I would probably go there. Uh, drive your own luxury car or have a limo and a driver? Gosh, I mean, uh, well, I'd like to drive my own luxury car. I, I want, you know, to have, uh, you know, I've got that V12 uh, Mercedes or whatever under my uh, control. I want to be the one that's uh, <laughs> that's that's pushing the buttons on that. <laughs> yeah, I... Okay, so back in Jackson, have my own luxury car, except for the fact that roads tear it up. Uh, there's, there's actually, you know, I've, I've always liked the, I don't know if this can, is considered a luxury car, but I always love those like mini coupes, you know, the, uh, kind of the newer model mini coupes or even the classic oh, model. Yeah. 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 I always loved those, but they're so low to the ground. I could never make it, uh, you know, I, I could never justify the expense <laughs> in Jackson. It certainly wouldn't work in this city. No. Sure. <laughs> uh, but as the kids, once the kids are old enough so that we don't need like uh, booster seats anymore, I might, uh-huh. I might end up getting one of those. So I don't know if that's considered a luxury car, but that's what I'll choose. Okay, cool. Luxury hat or luxury eyewear? Uh, I'll go with eyewear. Uh, a lot of folks don't know I wear contact lenses and, um, I, you know, I, I don't wear glasses as often because I don't particularly care for the glasses I have, <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, you know, if I had to pick, I'd, I'd, I'd probably go with, uh, eyewear. All right. So, uh, obviously I'm a hat wearer, <laughs> so yep. uh, I would go yep. with the luxury, luxury cap from that standpoint. Absolutely. Um, although I do, I do like nice sunglasses, uh, although what I have found, thanks to the, uh, the wonderful world of Amazon, is you can get some really nice-looking luxury-esque sunglasses for crazy cheap. So, <laughs> you know, knock off sunglasses, but a luxury hat. Uh, and then luxury cruise or all-inclusive luxury resort? All-inclusive resort, baby. Yeah, man. That needs. Can we do I, I, that for like Country Squire Radio? Like <laughs> that would be that. You know how people do that? Like, oh, come to our luxury resort to learn about I don't know bond Country sales Squire or whatever. Radio live from Cancun. Yes, <laughs> that'd be great in the aftertimes. Let's let's. Yep, <laughs> in the aftertimes. That's right. 
<laughs> All right, a luxury pipe or collection of luxury tobaccos. Ooh, man, of ooh. course, the most appropriate question for our show. Um, yeah, I, I'll have to go with luxury tobaccos. You know, tobaccos mm. that are, uh, I don't know, maybe hard to get, limited edition, that kind of thing. Um, I'll probably go with that. Man, that's tough because, I mean, these days yeah, there are more of those, like, you know, hard to get luxury tobaccos. Yeah. <sighs> So, but the, but the thing is, I feel like that those are the kind of things that like, if I had, I would have kind of a nice, like, oh, here's my cellar with all of my luxury tobaccos. Right. Right. But I would never smoke them because it'd be because like, you'd be, yeah, they'd be gone <laughs> once you're done. To. Exactly. So I'd rather have the right. luxury pipe because then I could actually practically use it uh, and, and still, you know, get, get the old status from it. Cause I mean, that's what luxury is all about. It's that status yeah. simple. So. Ah, luxury. Pastor Joda, man, putting us to the test <laughs> on this one. Great. That's good. I like these questions. Absolutely, questions. man. Pastor Joda, he's, he's like, he's the, he's the Jedi master of quick fire questions. So thank you for these. And, uh, Hey, if you've got some quick fire questions, you'd love for us to answer. Be sure to send those into the show. That's show at countrysquareradio.com. Again, that's show at countrysquareradio.com. <laughs> Your, your thoughts, thoughts your, your comments. comments. Listener, Listener feedback. feedback. Listener feedback coming in mm. from Roy Goddard. Uh, <laughs> Roy Goddard. Goddard. That's, that's, that's what it is. Uh, here's what Roy has to say. Greetings, everyone. By way of introduction, I would like to congratulate you on your anniversary and your success in the fine production of the Country Squire Radio. Uh, as a regular listener, I would like to express my appreciation for your show. I would listen to your program during long drive to fulfill family obligations during very dark and potential hopeless time in my life. You guys have a great on-air chemistry, and it really helped me for, to forget for a while those distressed that were so prominent in my life and uh, life at time. Yes, the Ewoks episode was a very welcome respite from the weary world. <laughs> Justice! There you go, Bo. Justice! There, there- there you go, Bo. It, uh, you, the Ewok episode ministered to Roy's heart. Hey, man, look, he's joining Full the Ewok stop. resistance, man. We're here. We're here for it. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Continue, sir. Also, your knowledge of pipes and tobacco has helped me on my own pipe journey, and I know it has many others. Admittedly, hearing that awesome banjo music at the end of your show always lifts my spirits. I think it suits the attitude of the program perfectly. If you don't mind, I would like to know the name of that beautiful, rustic piece of music. In closing, I want to thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, all you do and wish you all much success in the next 50 years. Blessings and peace. Again, that is from Roy. Man, Roy, what a man. That's that's an honor. Yeah, no, you could give us, uh, to be honest, you could give us no higher praise, man. Thank you very much. We're, we're just honored to be a part of your story, man. Absolutely. All right, the banjo music. This comes up from yeah, time Yeah, we've to talked time. about this before, right? Yep. <sighs> okay, so yes, it is beautiful. And I feel like in, in as as other things have done, well, all right. Let me just go ahead and just say it. The banjo music, we, make, we, 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 we don't hide this fact. We're very open about this. The banjo music came from the early days of, of Pottery, uh, my production company, which will probably have a different name this time next year. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. But uh, in the early days of the production, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't know how to get uh, good music. I didn't have access to wonderful musicians that I have access to now. And I, don't, I didn't have access to the, uh, you know, the, the plethora of, uh, of, you know, fair use music that's out there for, for a small fee and that sort of thing. All I had access to was, you know, garage band and the, the baked in little tunes that came with it at the time. And so when, uh, when we were putting the show together, I kind of scanned through like country music and that sort of thing and, and ended up finding that banjo tune. And I thought, man, this is about right. This, this communicates, you know, exactly what it is. Yeah. And so I don't, here's the thing. I don't know if modern day garage band comes with that preloaded. 
and I actually don't know the name of the song. I would imagine if you do kind of some Google searching, uh, this was what, circa 2013? Um, <laughs> no, I'm serious, though. If you do it like search. Yeah, no, I know. Tw- I know. 2013 uh, Garage Band Banjo Music, you might be able to find it. Um, I will say this, and I, 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 I hesitate to even say this because on the one hand, like I feel like that tune has become so especially for our listeners, like it has become such a, a, a quintessential part of the listening experience that I would never want to change that. That being said, you know, we've got some amazing musical talent that listens to this show. Uh, and, and I'm thinking specifically at the moment of one Mr. Charlie Bach, and, uh, who has done in the past for me when I've needed uh, access to old music that GarageBand no longer produce, produces out there. Like back when we got hacked a long time ago, um, one of our shows, we lost our theme music cause it was also done in the early days. And so he took the, uh, little, little, you know, I guess tune jingle and he turned it into like this beautiful original piece that we use from time to time for that show. And it's, it's, it's awesome. And so, um, anyway, if anybody out there, uh, uh Charlie, I don't know if you do banjo music, but <laughs> if anybody out there is able to, <laughs> to recreate that in any kind of a way that is true to what we all know and love, but also, gives a little bit of a, a unique country squire spin. Uh, I'd, I'd be interested to hear it. But yeah, in terms of the actual piece uh, itself, that is, yeah, Garage Band 2013 <laughs> banjo That's music. it, man. You know, a lot of folks have, uh, you know, if they've upgraded their cell phone or, you know, gotten a new, maybe upgraded the software on their iPhone or something, you know, what, what these companies will do, they're bad about getting you really addicted to their their little, uh, you know, MIDI files or whatever that work as their ringtone or your text tone or whatever it is. But then, you know, when they upgrade, then all of a sudden, hey, my my tone's gone. That's exactly can't right. find my tone. Mm-hmm. And so people get addicted. They, they get really comfortable and have a lot of affection for, uh, you know, these little sounds that were introduced to just in daily life. And um, and, and then you can't find them. I've, I've talked to people that have been searching for years for, you know, certain ringtones on their Nokia back in 2005. True, you know? <laughs> man. Listen. So it's, it's just funny, you know. It's all about... Uh, I don't know. Those those little tones kind of have, um, you know, they'll they'll t- take up space in your heart. <laughs> Listen, here's the other thing too. Like I know our our amazing editor Mike uh, has expressed on many occasions just the the low quality of our our bump music, our transition music, especially because you know my wife's voice comes in and you get the because this again this was the early days. I did not know then yeah. what I know now, <laughs> and so this show continues. Like you know, obviously the quality I'd like to think is. Uh, certainly improved over the years, but some of the warts are still there from the early days. And I, I, I hesitate <laughs> to change it or update it because people have just associated with. It. I feel like we don't, don't mess with it, man. Yeah, don't mess with it. it. It needs to be like a community decision. I don't think that we have the authority to make those Take a changes vote on anymore. It. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious, man. People own it. it it's public uh, domain yeah. now. All right, okay. all right. So uh, next one up, man. This is from uh, Gene. Gene says, uh, "Have you guys done Faulkner on Heroes of the Bowl?" Visited Roanoke and Oxford and saw his pipes and his tobacco tins. Didn't he used to visit the Squire? Uh, that's from Jen. Uh, Gene, rather. Yeah, Gene. Of course, Gene, great friend of the show. And, um, man, so good to always hear from him. Um, Bo, I can't remember if we've done Faulkner. I know we talked about Faulkner um, it, it, on the show before, but I don't know if we've done I don't think we have. Uh, no. an actual Heroes of the Bowl on William Faulkner. William Faulkner, of course, uh, Pulitzer Prize winning author uh, from... Uh, Mississippi, um, you know, the sound and the fury, Absalom, Absalom, as I lie dying, you know, all these, um, 
you know, excellent uh, books that uh, the Southern Gothic uh, time period, so very uh, dark and, uh, you know, kind of twisted, but, uh, you know, very uh, emotionally charged and all this kind of stuff. So uh, Faulkner actually uh, passed away before the Squire uh, opened. I thought that was Uh, right, yeah. Yeah, he actually died before the Squire opened uh, years ago. So uh, my guess is because he lived in North Mississippi closer to Memphis that he probably uh, frequented uh, one of the uh, tobacco shops there. Although it was a time where, you know, for the more sophisticated people, uh, mail order was, uh, was you know, something that uh, folks would do, uh, just similar to the Sears catalog or whatever. And so, uh, you know, mail order of his favorite Dunhill 965 or his Dunhill pipes was, uh, probably how he got most of his, um, you know, material from uh, just being in rural Mississippi. Of course, someone as uh, sophisticated as Faulkner would have traveled a lot, um, did travel a lot. And so whenever he went to big cities, uh, New York, uh, Chicago, or, or, you know, parts of Europe, I'm sure he, um, you know, purchased uh, purchased things at that time as well. But yeah, he actually passed away before the Squire opened uh, in 1970. Well, there you go. Uh, but that, that does lend itself to... <laughs> Uh, something that we always love to get, which is recommendations for episodes in the future. So I think, uh, yeah, Faulkner definitely deserves his own Heroes of the Bowl. That will be... Yeah, we'll have to check and make sure. I, you know, there's part of me that thinks we, we may have done an episode on him, but, you know, he's he's such an iconic figure, particularly for our state, actually, you know, just being a, a Mississippian, um, you know, that uh, and, and, and such a complex person and, and an accomplished uh, author that, you know, even if we have visited him before, it uh, wouldn't wouldn't hurt to wouldn't hurt to revisit. Again. Yeah. And uh, if we did, it must have been in the first like first hundred episodes, which are always fair game, I think, to uh, to make a <laughs> dredge back up yeah. and polish it. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, we've talked about Faulkner Flake. We definitely talked about that's Faulkner true. Flake. <laughs> that's true. Job. That's right. All right. Well, good stuff. Well, thank you so much for that listener feedback. We love getting those uh, emails in. And hey, if you've got some feedback for us, uh, be sure to uh, email the show, show at countrysquireradio.com. Uh, you can also keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow us on Twitter at Squire Radio. You can follow me. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at, at underscore Country Squire. But of course, all that information and more can be found at countrysquireradio.com. Well, man, we've been busting up some myths and sharing some secrets, yeah. man. This has been a big episode. Who knew? <laughs> it's been fun, man. I get to see you next week, and we can uh, we can celebrate uh, my you know growing family. And uh, yeah, it's it's exciting, man. It's a, this is a good. One. I, I mean, like <laughs> it's way too early to know if we're you know talking about a, a girl or a boy, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. we'll we'll find that out uh, probably late October, early, early November. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right, so I'm a yellow rattle. I'm just trying to think of, you know. What the, what the, what the, what the, what the, uh-huh. All right, man. Well, good stuff. We will see, man. <laughs> yep. I enjoyed it, man. Let's go have a day. All right. See you, brother.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.